0: Section twenty four of the fortunes of nigel by sir walter scott this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty two chance will not do the work chance sends the breeze but if the pilot slumber at the helm the very wind that wafts us towards the port may dash us on the shelves the steersman's part is vigilance blow it or rough or smooth old play we left nigel whose fortunes we are bound to trace by the engagement contracted in our title-page sad and solitary in the mansion of trap boys the usurer having just received a letter instead of a visit from his friend the templar stating reasons why he could not at that time come to see him in alsatia so that it appeared that his intercourse with a better and more respectable class of society was for the present entirely cut off this was a melancholy and to a proud mind like that of nigel a degrading reflection he went to the window of his apartment and found the street enveloped in one of those thick dingy yellow colored fogs which often invest the lower part of london and westminster amid the darkness dense and palpable were seen to wander like phantoms a reveller or two whom the morning had surprised where the evening left them and who now with tottering steps and by an instinct which intoxication could not wholly overcome were groping their way to their own homes to convert day into night for the purpose of sleeping off the debauch which had turned night into day although it was broad day in the other parts of the city it was scarce dawn yet in alsatia and none of the sounds of industry or occupation were there heard which had long before aroused the slumberers in any other quarter the prospect was too tiresome and disagreeable to detain lord Glenvarlock at his station so turning from the window he examined with more interest the furniture and appearance of the apartment which he tenanted much of it had been in its time rich and curious there was a huge four-post bed with as much carved oak about it as would have made the head of a man-of-war and tapestry hangings ample enough to have been her sails there was a huge mirror with a massive frame of gilt brasswork which was a venetian manufacture and must have been worth a considerable sum before it received the tremendous crack which traversing it from one corner to the other bore the same proportion to the surface that the nile bears to the map of egypt the chairs were of different forms and shapes some had been carved some gilded some covered with damasked leather some with embroidered work but all were damaged and worm eaten there was a picture of susanna and the elders over the chimney-piece which might have been accounted a choice piece had not the rats made free with the chaste fair one's nose and with the beard of one of her reverend admirers in a word all that lord Glenvarlock saw seemed to have been articles carried off by appraisement or distress or bought as pennyworths at some obscure brokers and huddled together in the apartment as in a sale-room without regard to taste or congruity the place appeared to nigel to resemble the houses near the sea-coast which are too often furnished with the spoils of wrecked vessels as this was probably fitted up with the relics of ruined profligates my own skiff is among the breakers thought lord Glenvarloc, though my wreck will add little to the profits of the spoiler he was chiefly interested in the state of the great a huge assembly of rusted iron bars which stood in the chimney unequally supported by three brazen feet moulded into the form of lion's claws while the fourth which had been bent by an accident seemed proudly uplifted as if to paw the ground or as if the whole article had nourished the ambitious purpose of pacing forth into the middle of the apartment and had one foot ready raised for the journey a smile passed over nigel's face as this fantastic idea presented itself to his fancy i must stop its march however he thought for this morning is chill and raw enough to demand some fire he called accordingly from the top of a large staircase with a heavy oaken balustrade which gave access to his own and other apartments for the house was old and of considerable size but receiving no answer to his repeated summons he was compelled to go in search of some one who might accommodate him with what he wanted nigel had according to the fashion of the old world in scotland received an education which might in most particulars be termed simple hearty and unostentatious but he had nevertheless been accustomed to much personal deference and to the constant attendance and ministry of one or more domestics this was the universal custom in scotland where wages were next to nothing and where indeed a man of title or influence might have as many attendants as he pleased for the mere expense of food clothes and countenance nigel was therefore mortified and displeased when he found himself without notice or attendance and the more dissatisfied because he was at the same time angry with himself for suffering such a trifle to trouble him at all amongst matters of more deep concernment there must surely be some servants in so large a house as this said he as he wandered over the place through which he was conducted by a passage which branched off from the gallery as he went on he tried the entrance to several apartments some of which he found were locked and others unfurnished all apparently unoccupied so that at length he returned to the staircase and resolved to make his way down to the lower part of the house where he supposed he must at least find the old gentleman and his ill-favoured daughter with this purpose he first made his entrance into a little low dark parlour containing a well-worn leathern easy-chair before which stood a pair of slippers while on the left side rested a crutch handled staff an oaken table stood before it and supported a huge desk clamped with iron and a massive pewter inkstand around the apartment were shelves cabinets and other places convenient for depositing papers a sword musketoon and a pair of pistols hung over the chimney in ostentatious display as if to intimate that the proprietor would be prompt in the defence of his premises this must be the usurer's den thought nigel and he was about to call aloud when the old man awakened even by the slightest noise for our seldom sleep sound soon was heard from the inner room speaking in a voice of irritability rendered more tremulous by his morning cough who is there i say agag who is there why martha agag martha trap boys here be thieves in the house and they will not speak to me why martha thieves thieves agagag nigel endeavoured to explain but the idea of thieves had taken possession of the old man's pineal gland and he kept coughing and screaming and screaming and coughing until the gracious martha entered the apartment and having first out screamed her father in order to convince him that there was no danger and to assure him that the intruder was their new lodger and having as often heard her sire ejaculate hold him fast gug, hold him fast till i come she at length succeeded in silencing his fears and his clamour and then coldly and dryly asked lord Glenvarlock what he wanted in her father's apartment her lodger had in the meantime leisure to contemplate her appearance which did not by any means improve the idea he had formed of it by candlelight on the preceding evening she was dressed in what was called a queen mary's ruff and farthingale not the falling ruff with which the unfortunate mary of scotland is usually painted but that which with more than spanish stiffness surrounded the throat and sought off the morose head of her fierce namesake of smithfield memory this antiquated dress assorted well with the faded complexion grey eyes thin lips and austere visage of the antiquated maiden which was moreover enhanced by a black hood worn as her headgear, carefully disposed so as to prevent any of her hair from escaping to view probably because the simplicity of the period knew no art of disguising the colour with which time had begun to grizzle her dresses her figure was tall thin and flat with skinny arms and hands and feet of the larger size cased in huge high-heeled shoes which added height to a stature already ungainly apparently some art had been used by the tailor to conceal a slight defect of shape occasioned by the accidental elevation of one shoulder above the other but the praiseworthy efforts of the ingenious mechanic had only succeeded in calling the attention of the observer to his benevolent purpose without demonstrating that he had been able to achieve it such was mrs martha trapboys whose dry what were you seeking here sir fell again and with reiterated sharpness on the ear of nigel as he gazed upon her presence and compared it internally to one of the faded and grim figures in the old tapestry which adorned his bedstead it was however necessary to reply and he answered that he came in search of the servants as he desired to have a fire kindled in his apartment on account of the rawness of the morning the woman who does our char work answered mistress martha comes at eight o'clock if you want fire sooner there are faggots and a bucket of sea-coal in the stone closet at the head of the stair and there is a flint and steel on the upper shelf you can light fire for yourself if you will no 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 martha ejaculated her father who having donned his rustic tunic with his hose all agirt and his feet slipshod hastily came out of the inner apartment with his mind probably full of robbers for he had a naked rapier in his hand which still looked formidable though rust had somewhat marred its shine what he had heard at entrance about lighting a fire had changed however the current of his ideas no 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 he cried and each negative was more emphatic than its predecessor the gentleman shall not have the trouble to put on a fire ugh gug! i'll put it on myself for a consideration the last word was a favourite expression with the old gentleman which he pronounced in a peculiar manner gasping it out syllable by syllable and laying a strong emphasis upon the last it was indeed a sort of protecting clause but which he guarded himself against all inconveniences attendant on the rash habit of offering service or civility of any kind the which when hastily snapped at by those to whom they are uttered give the profferer sometimes room to repent his promptitude for shame father said martha that must not be master graham will kindle his own fire or wait till the charwoman comes to do it for him just as likes him best no child no child child martha no reiterated the old miser no charwoman shall ever touch a grate in my house they put ugh ugh the fagot uppermost and so the coal kindles not and the flame goes up the chimney and wood and heat are both thrown away now i will lay it properly for the gentleman for a consideration so that it shall last a gut last the whole day here his vehemence increased his cough so violently that nigel could only from a scattered word here and there comprehend that it was a recommendation to his daughter to remove the poker and tongs from the stranger's fireside with an assurance that when necessary his landlord would be in attendance to adjust it himself for a consideration martha paid as little attention to the old man's injunctions as a predominant dame gives to those of a henpecked husband she only repeated in a deeper and more emphatic tone of censure for shame father for shame then turning to her guest said with her usual ungraciousness of manner master graham it is best to be plain with you at first my father's an old-a very old man And his wits as you may see are somewhat weakened though i would not advise you to make a bargain with him else you may find them too sharp for your own for myself i am a lone woman and to say truth care little to see or converse with any one if you can be satisfied with house-room shelter and safety it will be your own fault if you have them not and they are not always to be found in this unhappy quarter but if you seek deferential observance and attendance i tell you at once you will not find them here I am not wont either to trust myself upon acquaintance madam or to give trouble said the guest nevertheless i shall need the assistance of a domestic to assist me to dress perhaps you could recommend me to such yes to twenty and to mistress martha who will pick your purse while they tie your points and cut your throat while they smooth your pillow i will be his servant myself said the old man whose intellect for a moment distanced had again in some measure got up with the conversation i will brush his cloak agug and tie his points agug and clean his shoes agug and run on his errands with speed and safety agug gug, for a consideration good morrow to you sir said martha to nigel in a tone of direct and positive dismissal it cannot be agreeable to a daughter that a stranger should hear her father speak thus if you be really a gentleman you will retire to your own apartment i will not delay a moment said nigel respectfully for he was sensible that circumstances palliated the woman's rudeness i would but ask you if seriously there can be danger in procuring the assistance of her serving-man in this place young gentlemen said martha you must know little of white friars to ask the question we live alone in this house and seldom has a stranger entered it nor should you to be plain had my will been consulted look at the door see if that of a castle can be better secured the windows of the first floor are grated on the outside and within looked to these shutters she pulled one of them aside and showed a ponderous apparatus of bolts and chains for securing the window-shutters while her father pressing to her side seized her gown with a trembling hand and said in a low whisper show not the trick of locking and undoing them show him not the trick Aunt martha ugagged of on no consideration martha went on without paying him any attention and yet young gentlemen we have been more than once like to find all these defences too weak to protect our lives such an evil effect on the wicked generation around us have been made by the unhappy report of my poor father's wealth say nothing of that housewife said the miser his irritability increased by the very supposition of his being wealthy say nothing of that or i will beat thee housewife beat thee with my staff for fetching and carrying lies that will procure our throats to be cut at last ugh ugh i am but a poor man he continued turning to nigel a very poor man that am willing to do any honest turn upon earth for a modest consideration i therefore warn you of the life you must lead young gentleman said martha the poor woman who does the charwick will assist you so far as in her power but the wise man is his own best servant and assistant it is a lesson you have taught me madam and i thank you for it i will assuredly study it at leisure you will do well said martha and as you seem thankful for advice i though i am no professed counsellor of others will give you more make no intimacy with any one in whitefriars borrow no money on any score especially from my father for doted as he seems he will make an ass of you last and best of all stay here not an instant longer than you can help it farewell sir a gnarled tree may bear good fruit and a harsh nature may give good counsel thought the lord of Glenvarlock as he retreated to his own apartment where the same reflection occurred to him again and again while unable as yet to reconcile himself to the faults of becoming his own fire-maker he walked up and down his bedroom to warm himself by exercise at length his meditations arranged themselves in the following soliloquy by which expression i beg leave to observe once for all that i do not mean that nigel literally said aloud with his bodily organs the words which follow in inverted commas while pacing the room by himself but that i myself choose to present to my dearest reader the picture of my hero's mind his reflections and resolutions in the form of a speech rather than in that of a narrative in other words i have put his thoughts into language and this i conceive to be the purpose of the soliloquy upon the stage as well as in the closet being at once the most natural and perhaps the only way of communicating to the spectator what is supposed to be passing in the bosom of the scenic personage there are no such soliloquies in nature it is true but unless they were received as a conventional medium of communication betwixt the poet and the audience we should reduce dramatic authors to the recipe of master puff who makes lord burleigh intimate a long train of political reasoning to the audience by one comprehensive shake of his noddle in narrative no doubt the writer has the alternative of telling that his personages thought so and so inferred thus and thus and arrived at such and such a conclusion but the soliloquy is a more concise and spirited mode of communicating the same information and therefore thus communed or thus might have communed the lord of glenvar Luck with his own mind she is right and has taught me a lesson i will profit by i have been through my whole life one who leant upon others for that assistance which it is more truly noble to derive from my own exertions i am ashamed of feeling the paltry inconvenience which long habit had led me to annex to the want of a servant's assistance i am ashamed of that but far far more am i ashamed to have suffered the same habit of throwing my own burden on others to render me since i came to this city a mere victim of those events which i have never even attempted to influence a thing never acting but perpetually acted upon protected by one friend deceived by another but in the advantage which i received from the one and the evil i have sustained from the other as passive and helpless as a boat that drifts without oar or rudder at the mercy of the winds and waves i became a courtier because harriet so advised it a gamester because dalgarno so contrived it an alsatian because lo so ruled it whatever of good or bad has befallen me has arisen out of the agency of others not from my own my father's son must no longer hold this facile and puerile course live or die sink or swim nigel oliphant from this moment shall owe his safety success and honour to his own exertions or shall fall with the credit of having at least exerted his own free agency i will write it down in my tablets in her very words the wise man is his own best assistant he had just put his tablets in his pocket when the old charwoman who to add to her efficiency was sadly crippled by rheumatism hobbled into the room to try if she could gain a small gratification by waiting on the stranger she readily undertook to get lord Glenverlock's breakfast and as there was an eating-house at the next door she succeeded in a shorter time than nigel had augured as his solitary meal was finished one of the temple porters or inferior officers was announced as seeking master Graham on the part of his friend master lowstock and being admitted by the old woman to his apartment he delivered to nigel a small mail-trunk with the clothes he had desired should be sent to him and then with more mystery put into his hand a casket or a strong boy which he carefully concealed beneath his cloak i am glad to be rid o said the fellow as he placed it on the table why it is surely not so very heavy answered nigel and you are a stout young man aye sir replied the fellow but sampson himself would not have carried such a matter safely through alsatia had the lads of the huff known what it was Please to look into it sir and see all is right i am an honest fellow and it comes safe out of my hands how long it may remain so afterwards will depend on your own care i would not my good name were to suffer by any after clap to satisfy the scruples of the messenger lord Glenvarlock opened the casket in his presence and saw that his small stock of money with two or three valuable papers which it contained and particularly the original sign-manual which the king had granted in his favour were in the same order in which he had left them at the man's further instance he availed himself of the writing materials which were in the casket in order to send a line to master lowstock declaring that his property had reached him in safety he added some grateful acknowledgments for low services and just as he was sealing and delivering his billet to the messenger his aged landlord entered the apartment his threadbare suit of black clothes was now somewhat better arranged than they had been in the decibel of his first appearance and his nerves and intellect seemed to be less fluttered for without much coughing or hesitation he invited nigel to partake of a morning draught of wholesome single ale which he brought in a large leaven tankard or black-jack carried in the one hand while the other stirred it round with a sprig of rosemary to give it as the old man said a flavour nigel declined the courteous proffer and intimated by his manner while he did so that he desired no intrusion on the privacy of his own apartment which indeed he was the more entitled to maintain considering the cold reception he had that morning met with when straying from its precincts into those of his landlord but the open casket contained matter or rather metal so attractive to old trap boys that he remained fixed like a setting-dog at a dead point his nose advanced and one hand expanded like the lifted fore-paw by which that sagacious quadruped sometimes indicates that it is a hare which he has in the wind nigel was about to break the charm which had thus arrested old trap boys by shutting the lid of the casket when his attention was withdrawn from him by the question of the messenger who holding out the letter asked whether he was to leave it at mr Lowstoff's chambers in the temple or carry it to the marshalsea the marshalsea repeated lord Glenvarlock. what of the marshalsea why sir said the man the poor gentleman is laid up there in lavender because they say his own kind heart led him to scald his fingers with another man's brawl nigel hastily snatched back the letter broke the seal joined to the contents his earnest entreaty that he might be instantly acquainted with the cause of his confinement and added that if it arose out of his own unhappy affair it would be of a brief duration since he had even before hearing of a reason which so peremptorily demanded that he should surrender himself adopted the resolution to do so as the manliest and most proper course which his ill fortune and imprudence had left in his own power he therefore conjured mr lowestoft to have no delicacy upon this score but since his surrender was what he had determined upon as a sacrifice due to his own character that he would have the frankness to mention in what manner it could be best arranged so as to extricate him lowestoft from the restraint to which the writer could not but fear his friend had been subjected on account of the generous interest which he had taken in his concerns the letter concluded that the writer would suffer twenty-four hours to elapse in expectation of hearing from him and at the end of that period was determined to put his purpose in execution he delivered the billet to the messenger and enforcing his request with a piece of money urged him without a moment's delay to convey it to the hands of master I, I, I will carry it to him myself said the old usurer for half the consideration the man who heard this attempt to take his duty in perquisites over his head lost no time in pocketing the money and departed on his errand as fast as he could master trap boys said nigel addressing the old man somewhat impatiently had you any particular commands for me ay i came to see if you rested well answered the old man and if i could do anything to serve you on any consideration sir i thank you said lord Glenverlock. i thank you and ere he could say more a heavy footstep was heard on the stair my god exclaimed the old man starting up why dorothy charwoman why daughter draw bolt i say housewives the door hath been left a latch the door of the chamber opened wide and in strutted the portly bulk of the military hero whom nigel had on the preceding evening in vain endeavoured to recognise chapter twenty two